0: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. It's hour one on this Tuesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. And in case you're wondering, we have not found the key to the briefcase that we sent to the College Football Hall of Fame that contained Carson Palmer's Heisman Trophy. The I team has been up all night long Ugh. and Paulie, we've been trying to get information here. We, we, there's a paper trail. We have not found the key that was, a, you know, kind of slapped onto the side of the uh, suitcase in a white envelope. And we sent it how we got it from Carson Palmer. It's just the key never showed up. So Carson got inducted into the college football hall of fame. He was going to have his Heisman trophy on display we sent it to the College Football Hall of Fame. Carson had his speech. He did not have the Heisman Trophy because we couldn't open up the case because we've lost the key. Misplaced the key. Yes, Paulie?
1: Uh, some people said us sending the envelope on the side of the Heisman after they did is like running a red light because the guy in front of you runs a red light. Okay. Not an excuse. No. Um, we do have a couple updates. I could save them for later because I know we got other stuff to talk about. We, but the I team has updates later.
0: There's a lot of finger-pointing in here. And um, probably mostly by Paulie. Oh. But uh, Paulie went through the emails, an email trail. And next thing I know, I was somehow implicated, or Fritzy was. I was the last person to see the Heisman Trophy. I don't know if I'm going to hire a lawyer. I may need one. But uh, yes, Todd.
2: What about, and we don't want to put it on our guest because we love him and he joins us weekly, but what but about you're going to. What about the carelessness of someone that thought so little of his eyes when that it was just sitting in a garage clicking cobwebs that would look like a generous thing, he sent it, and maybe he should have not sent it in the first place
0: I, and trusted us. No, no, you are the king of shifting blame, and I can't do that to Carson Palmer, okay? Just because he was negligent maybe in how he sent it with the key slapped onto the side of it, That doesn't mean that we should be as well. That's true. Okay. Thank you, Todd. Yes, Paul.
1: Some people are comparing you to Sean Payton or, uh, you know, remember the uh, Bounty Gate thing? They said he had nothing to do with it, but it's under his watch, and you may get dinged for it.
0: No, it it starts with me. I mean, I'm just like an NFL coach where I'm going to take the blame. And, well, Sean McDermott didn't exactly take the blame. Uh, The uh, Buffalo Bills losing last night to the New England Patriots. Good morning, everybody. And welcome to the program, already in progress. Um, you know, the, we, we got a chance to understand what the weather was going to be like in Buffalo. And then we wondered, what's the game plan going to be like in Buffalo? You know, Buffalo is not a, they don't have a team that seems like that they're ready to play in Buffalo-like weather. They got a quarterback who, who can play in that kind of weather because he can throw the ball in any kind of weather. They're just not a running team. And New England was able to be a running team last night. They had three pass attempts, completed two of them. But when do you decide, okay, this is our game plan? Who decides what your game plan is going to be? You know, Belichick is famous for being able to, after one quarter or one half or one game, he's able to go, this is what we're going to do in this game. But when you think about throwing three passes, I mean, that's extreme. Army football said, what the hell are the Patriots doing? (laughs) You know, they threw three passes, but they ran the football. And when you have 222 yards controlling the clock, you're getting almost five yards a carry. That has a real impact on, you know, this game. And it did last night. I'm getting ahead of myself with a lot of things here, with what happened with the Bills, the game plan, uh, Carson Palmer's Heisman Trophy, but welcome in. Uh, We'd like to say good morning to Peacock, our streaming partner, also our radio affiliates, Chris Sims from NBC Sports, will join us coming up in about 15 minutes. Kirk Street on loan from the mothership. Herbie will join us coming up. As well. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dp show. Still time for the holiday shopping at danpatrick.com. We got a lot of great things there. Plus, a special feature we have where you can get a handwritten note in your order. Perfect if you're sending a gift. This program brought to you by our great friends at Simply Safe Home Security. Giving my listeners 40% off their award-winning home security. And take them up on this offer. Learn more. Get 40% off your new system. Visit SimplySafedan.com. Now to the game. A lot of people expected the Patriots-Bills game to go a long way in telling us which AFC East team is the team that has the best chance of going to the Super Bowl. What went down last night might not have been truly indicative of what these teams can do. It was cold. It was wet. It was windy. New England winning 14-10, despite throwing three passes. Ironically, Buffalo isn't billed for bad weather because they can't run the football. Josh Allen, his passes were affected by the weather all night long. He seems to be their best running back. And I'm going to give credit to the Patriots, not just Bill Belichick, but the Patriots for adjusting. And Belichick has shown through the years that he can change his style to match his personnel in this situation. When I mean, you go back when he had Brady and Randy Moss, they were lighting up the night. Great passing team. But this is a team that kind of has reverted to its conservative roots. They have a run game. The defense is really impressive. Maybe it'll be different in a couple of weeks when they play again. But uh, Sean McDermott, the Buffalo Bills head coach, not exactly handing out verbal bouquets to Bill Belichick.
3: How would you just explain the, the psychological component of coaching against Bill Belichick, especially when he's doing something like that, just running the ball constantly? Let's not give more credit than we need to give credit to Bill Belichick in this one. It was, um, whether it's Bill or anybody else, they beat us, right? But you sit here and you tell me when they start with the average starting, when we start with the average starting field position of the 40 yard line
0: and he starts with the 23 yard line, you give me that ahead of time, I'm saying, I like my chances. I like my chances. So it's not, I don't think, with all due respect, it's not a Bill Belichick type thing. It's what are you doing with the opportunities you got? Well, he says he likes his chances if you gave him that scenario. You were given those scenarios. Literally. Like, that was the scenario. Like, you you lost. Right? I mean, you guys were both playing on the same field. They didn't spot the Patriots' <laughs> eight points. No. Okay. Here is Bill Belichick talking about his game plan. Bill, at what point did you guys know you're going to have such a run heavy approach? Was that the plan all week, or was that something that you. No. No, no. You know, we didn't know what it was gonna be. So it worked out on look, Josh did a good job throwing the ball out there today. It's not easy. I thought
1: he did a pretty good job. Not that he, you know, had a career day or anything, but it was it was tough conditions, but he, he slung it in there pretty good, and made some really good throws.
0: Yeah, Bill's not gonna go, Man, I'm great. You know, I came up with this. I'm a genius. He's not gonna say anything. I would love to know Josh McDaniel's role here. Because we do tend to say Bill Belichick. Belichick deals with the defense. I don't know if he came in and said, let me rubber stamp this. Yeah, all right, let's go with that. But when you think about extremes, this isn't one of those, hey, you know what, let's just start out and run and see how it works. This is, this is what we're going to do. And they did it. And Buffalo knew they were doing it and still couldn't stop them. This is a home game. Against the Patriots. We keep waiting. I think we, we're we secretly rooting for Buffalo. Maybe not so secretly because we're tired of seeing Belichick and the Patriots. He's doing a great job. A masterful job. Right? There's part of us that doesn't want to see him succeed. But then there's part of us that says, boy, it'd be great if the Patriots play the Buccaneers. Right? Yeah, Seton. Yeah, I mean, that's the ultimate, right? <laughs> just to finally settle this whole debate about between last season
1: and this season and the last 20 something years. Yeah. Yeah. But I like too, though, that the Patriots last night are like, here's like four or five running plays and we're going to do them over and over and over and over again. Yeah.
0: But what's lost in all of this is the Patriots defense. Like nobody talked about that. It's man. Do you see what the Patriots did? They just ran the ball the whole night long. Well, You give Buffalo great field position, and they were able to score 10 points. That's really impressive. No matter what the weather is like, that was still Matthew Judon is the signing of the year. As McLevin always says, if the Ravens get rid of you or let you go, chances are you probably don't want to pick that player up. This has been different. He has been great. Not good. He's been great. Yeah, McLevin.
1: Yeah. The red sleeves have become like a trademark thing.
0: Yeah. He's great. He's uh, you know, you you get those impactful players um, and all you're asking for, and this is all bill does is just give me a big play at some moment. And he's been great. Secondary has been very good as well. It's just, it feels like a typical bill Belichick type team. That's conservative couple of big plays Nothing outlandish and try to stay in the game. There was also second guessing, you know, Sean McDermott because, you know, who was going to have the ball in the fourth quarter or which way were they going in the fourth quarter? And the wind, you know, the Bills didn't have the wind at their back in the fourth quarter. And there was some second guessing, Um, you know, McDermott could have decided to give his offense the wind in the fourth quarter. And and maybe the comeback attempt would have been a little bit easier. You had a missed field goal, a 33-yard missed field goal there. But, you know, given the elements on Monday night, it's certainly worthy of consideration um, that if you're going to give your team the wind and and how important that was going to be. Yeah,
1: Paul. Just to play devil's advocate here, everyone's going crazy over Belichick and the game plan and running the ball and how smart it was the Bills had two chances to score in the fourth quarter. If the Bills somehow squeak out this game, or let's say the Bills take the lead by one, and Mac Jones gets the ball with a minute 50 left and has to run a two-minute offense with no timeouts, would that quarterback have been ready after not throwing for two hours? Or would the offense have been ready to run a two-minute offense after not throwing for two hours?
0: Yeah, I'm going to guess they would be. The question is, um, you know, what are you... Everybody talks about Mac Jones. He's got probably one of the weakest arms, you know, in the NFL. Okay, we get caught up in how strong somebody's arm is. Okay? Joe Montana didn't have a strong arm. Last time I looked, he's one of the great quarterbacks of all time. You got to have somebody who throws people open. If you watch the mothership prior to the game, they had some isolated plays where they showed Mac Jones throwing players open. Now, in college, you don't have to do that. Certainly at Alabama, you don't have to do that. In the NFL, you do. So it's, it's more placement. He's completing 70% of his passes. Now, you can say they're all dink and dunks. Well, so is Tom Brady. I mean, watch the Buccaneers offense. It's just dink and dunk. Now, for the most part, Brady's made a career out of that, a Hall of Fame career, the greatest career of any quarterback in history, dink and dunk. He had Randy Moss, he threw deep. When he didn't, maybe not as much. Use your running backs as wide receivers or in the passing game. So I'm not going to sit here and go, yeah, Mac Jones, yeah, no arm. All right. I just know that he is doing what he's asked to do. And that's not easy to do with Bill Belichick. Here's Mac Jones after the game.
1: I'm just trying to win, so it was good that we scored more than the other team, and we did a great job on offense. Josh just staying calm and just calling the plays that he knew that would work, and it doesn't matter how many times you run it or throw it, as long as you win, everyone's going to be happy. Yes. That's all.
0: I mean, I'm sure that he would love to throw the ball, but you're playing for Bill Belichick. You don't get that, you know, uh, but what's Arian's slogan there? No biscuit. Is that uh, you know his thing of we like to throw it deep? Yeah, Mc Yeah, like don't risk it. What is no it? risk it, no biscuit yep. or something like that. That's that's not Bill Belichick. Big difference there. We were laughing about how cold Mac Jones looked though last night. Well, when you think about it, you, you got Josh Allen played at Wyoming, like he's and he lives in Buffalo. Mac Jones. Was he from Kentucky or uh, went to Alabama? Oh, no. Kentucky was his other school, I think he was going to. I don't think he's, you know, been used to that kind of weather, even in New England. He's from Florida. He's from Florida. <laughs> he's... <laughs> he probably got there and he went, oh, God, can I go home? But the Patriots practice outside. So, you know, they were ready for this. Buffalo wasn't ready for it. All right. Uh, poll question, McLevin.
1: Start with, did you enjoy last okay. night's bad
0: weather game? Oh, did I? I like I like the gamesmanship. I would I would I wanna see this again anytime soon? No. But I did I was just curious about the weather and and the philosophies of the two head coaches. Yes. So I'd say yeah, I did, but I'm I don't need it again the rest of this season. Yes, see it's like the game was incredibly boring and oddly fascinating at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where you're like, man, any other time you'd be like, this game sucks, yeah. man. You're going to run it like this? But for some reason, you're like, let's see if they run it again. If it wasn't a standalone game, you probably would have clicked over to something else. Yes, Todd.
2: That's exactly how I experienced it. I enjoyed the snowy conditions and people slipping and sliding and all that. But as far as the game itself, I didn't enjoy it very much. It was interesting at times, but it was much more just seeing how horrible the the conditions were going to look on TV.
1: Yeah, Paul. But the fascination is it's third and seven, and they run the ball yeah, up the middle. You're like, okay, now, well, this one, every <laughs> time in there, oh, he's going to pass on this one, you can't run on this one. They got to let him go in the flat.
0: We'll settle on a poll question. Phone calls are always welcome. 877-3DP-SHOW. Say good morning to our radio affiliates, iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio lineup, and our streaming partner, Peacock. Download the app. Watch for free. Chris Sims will join us coming up next here, the Dan Patrick Show. Back after this lifelock is here to help you and trust uh, trust me we need help if you're among the majority who use the same password on multiple accounts credential stuffing is a cyber attack that you should understand credential stuffing is when cyber criminals get your username and password off the dark web they try to gain access to your accounts and steal your private information it's important to understand how cybercrime And identity theft are affecting our lives because every day we put so much information out there with your finances, your credit, your reputation. It's all out there, but that's why you need LifeLock. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has potentially been compromised, they send you an alert. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor transactions at all businesses. Protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year using the promo code Patrick. 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to LifeLock.com. Promo code Patrick for 25% off. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. We'll settle on a poll question. Got our play of the day coming up. Got a stat of the day for you. Patriots, 19 passing yards, the fewest by an NFL team in a win since 1987. That's when you had the replacement players. The Cardinals had 11 passing yards in a win over the Saints. But New England's three pass attempts, the fewest in a game since the Bills attempted two. In a win against the Jets back in September of 1974. Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk Live co host, and of course, an analyst on Football Night in America. Chris joins us on the program. If Tom Brady was still the quarterback of the Patriots, what kind of offensive game plan would the Patriots have had last night?
4: Oh, um, I don't think it would have been, well, but. Uh... A little bit different. I don't think they're going to throw the ball three times. I think they're going to throw the ball more than that. You know, first off, of course, he's, you know, played more football. You can trust him in the situation a little bit more. And, you know, listen, one one of the things that's amazing about the game is we know the elements were bad, and one team won with three throws. To me, the other amazing thing about the game was a quarterback and Josh Allen where they just said, well, throw it 30 times. Who cares if Hurricane wins? You could throw it through it, and he did. I mean, that's the amazing thing, and I think Brady would be somewhere along those lines. Not that New England would have to rely on the pass the way the Bills do, but I think Brady's arm, you know, how big his hands are, his arm is one of the more underrated things, I think, in the history of the NFL, where sometimes, yeah, I think he's a little overrated in his goatness. I don't think he gets enough credit for how powerful his arm is and how many great games he had in tough weather weather up in New England. So let's say he gets 15 to 20 throws last night instead of just three if he's in New England.
0: When is the game plan finalized? When you know what the weather condition, when do you think Belichick or Josh McDaniels went, okay, this is what our philosophy is tonight? I,
4: I think that, they probably started to really take into account, you know, Wednesday or Thursday at some point to realize, hey, let's let's have a few extra runs in the game plan. Let's start to formulate a little bit if the weather's so bad that they had at least a uh, a, a de facto plan early in the week to go. We got to think about the game might be, you know, not manageable through the pass game. So we got to think about ways to do that. And they're like, again, having worked there. I mean there's just no stone unturned. It just it's at, at any point. The details, the smallest details, the most basic details. They're they're just constantly stressed day after day after day and I would think early in the week they were on this that there would be a factor that they had to have at least some sort of a plan to attack that.
0: I know we want to give Bill Belichick credit and he deserves a lot of credit as maybe yeah. the greatest coach in NFL history, but Right. What role does Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator, play in saying this is what I would like us to... If Belichick deals with the defense and lets yeah. Josh deal with the offense, should we be crediting Josh McDaniels, not Bill Belichick?
4: Well, we should give Josh a lot of credit. There's no doubt. But I think ultimately it still goes back to to Bill Belichick. This is why Belichick's the greatest coach ever. Not only is it about, yes, the defense and we know all that, but... You know, these long staff meetings he has, you know, every day after practice where it's, it's coach the coaches, all of them. Doesn't matter what side of the ball it is. It's coach the coaches time. We're going to go over it. And now I'm going to coach you on how to coach each one of these positions and what we should do in each situation. And, you know, and again, even in my time there, Dan McDaniel's as smart as anybody I've been around, you know, just uh, Tuesday. You know, I could be there running around making copies for things. Belichick and McDaniels could be in the corner of the hallway talking. I'd come back an hour later, they're still in the corner of the hallway <laughs> talking. So I don't think anything happens there without Belichick. And and even with the great offense of McDaniels and everything. It's built through Bill Belichick to your point of why he's so great. You know, everything they do on offense, a lot of it is wait. When teams get in this formation and I'm in this defense, I don't like to see this. And then it's like McDaniel's going, okay, wait, Belichick doesn't like to see this. Let me draw up the play to do that then. And that's how really the offense has been formulated there in New England to even accentuate you know, uh, Belichick's greatness. What
0: would we be saying if the Patriots had the philosophy of three passes and they lost last night?
4: Uh, We would have been going, I mean, (laughs) three passes? I mean – I understand being I mean they didn't blow them out, Chris I know I know I think we'd all be going I mean at least let's get to eight or ten like I mean I think and and I and I mean I, I think to what you're asking i listen there was a point in the second half where I was going I mean come on. Come on, can we just give one play action or one boot here just to keep them a little honest, but he didn't want to take the chance. He didn't want to take the chance out of them being in second and seven and third and four and their ability to maybe even run the ball. Of course, they ran it a ton on third down. Uh, but yeah, I think we would probably be, you know, dissecting him a little bit in the fact that we'd like to see a few more passes
0: more likely to miss the playoffs, the bills or the Browns. Ooh,
4: I'm going to still go with the Browns on that one. You know, I'm hopeful for the Browns because there's so much talent on the team, but I'm hopeful only because of that. Like, the defense is all over the place. You've heard me say, Dan, before, you know, when the run game isn't good, the pass game in Cleveland just not good enough to stand alone. So that's an issue for me. Buffalo, you know, again, it's still Josh Allen. He's a superstar, definitely one of the best quarterbacks in the football. That defense is still very good. Uh, I I still have more faith in them. Close one last night. Josh Allen's wearing longer spikes against the Tennessee Titans. They probably win that game when they're down there running the quarterback sneak, and he slips late in the fourth quarter. You know, I I think it's been more consistent in Buffalo throughout the year than Cleveland. That's for sure.
0: And Buffalo's been losing to all the teams that they're going to have to compete with if they get I to know. the playoffs. Like they they don't have like what's the signature win here? And I I, no, I just don't get a good feeling. I didn't have a good feeling to start the year. I thought they relied on Josh Allen too much. Right. That's right. Um, but I No. And, and I wonder if Cleveland would have been better if they had gone to Case Keenum and instead of letting Baker Mayfield go out there uh, injured.
4: Yeah, I, I get that. You know, I, you know, hey, Baker does bring value. There's no doubt. And that's where the coach has got to figure out, like, at what point is he hurting the offense? The, the, you know, so that's a real thing. And it's, it's again, the games haven't been good, but I also could sit there, Dan, and, you know, look at it and go, yeah, Baker, the Detroit Lion game for sure, missing throws on that one. But some of these other games as a late, too, I want to just I watch some plays and go, where do you want them to throw the ball where the New England game? I mean, there's nobody open Baltimore game. I didn't sit come away watching that film going, oh, man, people are open. Baker really messed up. Not at all. And that's where they're a little underwhelming. And your point about I think Buffalo is spot on, too. You know, if you're not if you're staying the same, you're getting worse. It's like they kind of just went, wait, we were good last year. We'll do it all again this year. No, you need to improve your football team a little bit. And it is too Josh Allen reliant, uh, to your point. And I think the other thing, too, is what we've seen, like especially in the Tennessee, the Colts, and the Patriots losses, when there's an overpowering, big offensive line running football team, they're a little compromised. They're not a big front seven team. They want to play basically nickel all game long, and, you know, again, if they can get you to overplay the run the way they did in all those games, if you can just pass a little, you can expose them. And, of course, last night they didn't even have to pass to to still have their way.
0: He's Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk Live co-host, the show that precedes ours on Peacock with Mike Florio. If I said you can have the Chiefs or the Patriots the rest of the year?
4: Chiefs. I mean, no, I'm sorry. Patriots. Oh. Patriots. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm not taking the Chiefs yet. I can't do that yet. No. You know, again, I like what the Chiefs' de- uh, defense is doing. You know, I know the Patriots is not sexy, but neither was 2001 Super Bowl run. I mean, just get used to 20 to 17, 23 to 14. Uh, I just think that's the style of play they are, but they're too consistent on both sides of the ball. You know, again, the other night with the Chiefs' offense, they just can't seem to be consistent or get out of their own way, whether it's drop passes. Mahomes still missing throws where I'd go, man. I, the average NFL quarterback should make that throw, let alone Patrick Mahomes. All these years, I see him do it with his eyes closed. You know, so it's just a it's a crazy year from that standpoint. Of I haven't seen a guy that was so amazing, you know, kind of come back to earth and just not be that amazing in a, in a lot of moments during during the year.
0: We're running out of MVP candidates. Feels like it's Tom Brady. Yeah. Then there's a big separation. I guess Aaron Rodgers, I guess Mahomes is in there. I can't put Josh Allen in there.
4: No, you can't. I don't think you can put Mahomes in there either. Well, you know, you can't. I don't think you can. We all want to. The touchdowns are going to be there. Jonathan Taylor. Right. I mean, hey. That's one guy I'll look at for sure. I think that could be in this conversation. Maybe if TJ Watt gets on fire here the last few weeks and gets the 22 sacks somewhere in that range. But again, I don't know if it's going to matter if they don't get the playoffs.
0: They give it to the defensive player of the year. I mean, that's that's how they they separate that. But it it feels like Brady is just being Brady. Maybe nothing special, but that might be good enough because everybody else has been inconsistent.
4: No no doubt. I think, you know, really Kyler Murray being out for a month is it's going to cost him the MVP because I think there's a good chance they do end up with the the top seed in the NFC playoffs and he'd be that guy like they jumped on the scene this year. He's the quarterback. Mm -hmm. We know how dangerous he was. So his injury affected that. I would I'm with you in the fact that, yeah, it's probably Brady from the facts of wins and stats, you know, Uh, but uh, I guess what I would say a little bit is the name you brought up. To me, Aaron Rodgers right now, again, as annoying as he was during the COVID thing, he you know is just a poster child for MVP. We see how average they are without him when he wasn't in there. You know he's special. Again, I don't think any of us think that the supporting cast is that great. It's good, no doubt, but not great. You know, and, and to me he's just a big what he does to the line of scrimmage, having a feel for the overall game, you know, I, I would look at him and Brady and probably Jonathan Taylor as the three guys right no, now.
0: I think it's gonna hurt Rodgers with what happened uh, Yes, I do too. Seen, you're right. Yeah. I yeah. And, and it should because, you know, you're gonna be the most valuable player, but then you miss the Kansas City game.
4: Or maybe cost your team the yes. number one seed. Yes. Right. I, I agree. That's going to come back to bite them in the butt most likely. But, yeah, the way the Brady is throwing the ball, their offense just continues to attack. It seems like, going, again, they're going to get the wins and he's going to have the numbers to match it. It seems like it's lining up for that.
0: What's your opinion on the uh, pseudo slide by Kenny Pickett, the uh, Pittsburgh quarterback oh. in the ACC title game?
4: Oh. oh, it makes me want to puke. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of all this protecting the quarterback crap. I mean, that's like cheating right there. It's cheating. It really is. I, I, You know, again, I'm not mad at him. He's don't hate the player, hate the game. I understand that. But to me, this is, again, this is another just little snippet of information that we have protecting the quarterback has gone just overboard. Overboard. The, some of the horrible calls in the NFL. The horrible call last night. Josh Allen is running. He jumps in bounds and gets hit, and they call uh, hitting the quarterback too hard again. Uh, I, I didn't like it. I really don't. And uh, I think that football's got to do something about it. Wait, do you think quarterbacks
0: are embarrassed by the protection they receive?
4: Like, I think they know how embarrassing it is, but they're going to try to do all they can to take advantage of it. I think they know, I mean, it's, I, you know, I think Brady and Rogers and Josh Allen, like they're tough football minded guys, not just quarterbacks, but I think they also, they, they realize, yeah, I mean, that bad football's getting rewarded. Hey, we didn't protect. Nobody was open, but you hit me too hard. It's great. First down fantasy owners. We're still going. <laughs> Offense is good. I think they know how embarrassing it is, but they're going to do their best to get a free 15 all they can, and I can't be mad at them for that.
0: Brady would not still be playing if this was the 1970s. No way. Or the 80s, yeah,
4: or the 80s you know, again. Yeah, he, right. he would not. I mean, you know, I, 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 I would have a hard time thinking so. I mean, just watching, you know, my dad, Dan Marino, John Elway, uh, Troy Aikman, I mean, the beating they took. I mean, you know, the dead weight rule. I mean, Reggie White literally used to pick my dad up and just drop his (laughs) weight on him and body slam him. And, you know, my dad's shoulders are still paying the price for that. I mean, he he would have a little more cartilage, might be able to throw the ball overhand to his grandkids, but he can't do that anymore. Wow. Yeah, so that's that's an issue there. Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Does Does Tampa have any issues that concern you heading into the home stretch?
4: A little bit, I, a little, they do. You know, the, They hasn't been clean the last two weeks. I mean, they were begging for the Colts to beat them. The Colts outplayed them. You know, again, last week, Atlanta hung around, had some long drives, defensively not playing that good right now. I, it's one of the first films I'm going to go watch here, Dan, when I get done, just because, hey, Matt and Ryan and company had a little success running the football, but, man, you know, they're letting up a lot of plays in the pass game. They are. And I know they're just getting healthy in the secondary, but, you know, not playing at the elite level that I think they're capable of. That's for sure. You know, they're winning games. I know that. But I don't think it's their best football.
0: Great to talk to you, buddy. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, man. Be good. That's Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk Live co-host and contributor to Football Night in America. Andrew in Washington leads us off this morning. Good morning, Andrew. What's on your mind?
3: Good morning, Dan and Danettes. Thanks for having me. Excellent weekend of football. I have a uh, Monday night football referendum because we all have to make our takes afterwards. So I would just like to say it's going to be fun versus run. The MVP versus the coach of the year, LA 2022 Super Bowl. Let's let's go. Let's go. And uh, secondly, I have
0: a uh, stat of the day. Oh, okay. Seaton hit the music.
3: All right, Patriots are the only third team in NFL history to attempt exactly three passes in a game. The other two years besides 2021 it happened was 1968 and 1946. That's your stat of
0: the day. day. I like Andrew talking up to the post. You know, you haven't seen a game like this. I wanted Paulie to go back and look at uh, Tom Brady's rookie year, his first year taking over for the Patriots. Did he have uh, how many games did he have with 15 passes or less?
1: Well, he had a few of them Brady, but every one of those games where Brady had 15 or fewer pass attempts was either he was injured, he was filling in for someone injured. So we did a deep dive. Mm. A game where Brady played all four quarters in a game that mattered, not like a week 17 that they were just trying to get out of the building. 2004, October 10th, the Patriots beat the Dolphins 24 to 10. Brady had 19 attempts, he completed 7, he had two touchdowns and a pick. And uh, Corey Dillon ran the ball for 100 yards.
0: But do you think New England would have had a different philosophy if Tom Brady was quarterbacking last night in that wind, in those conditions? I just can't imagine that Bill's going to go to Tom and say, "Uh, "Tom, just hand the football off. That's all you need to do." I, I mean, Mac Jones is a rookie. He can't say anything. I can't imagine. Now, do I think that they would have limited the number of pass attempts that Brady would have? Yeah. But I'm going to guess he's probably throwing it 15 times last night. At
1: least. Yeah, McLovin. So do you think Belichick's happier having a rookie quarterback? He can push around and do whatever he wants? Well, I'm,
0: I'm sure he would love to have Tom, but, you know, he, he's going to program Mac Jones. He programmed Tom. And, you know, it's almost like you build this monster. And then what do you do with the monster? You built it. And, you know, so Tom then has his own opinions of what they should do or how they should do it. Mac Jones is just happy. Hey, I'm playing. Hey, three passes? All right. Whatever I need to do. But you just want to win. Mac Jones went from Nick Saban to Bill Belichick. He's used to winning. What do we need to do? All right, I'll do it. Now, do I think Mac Jones then gets to a certain point where ego gets involved? Yeah, but in that building, they ask you to suppress your ego at the door. Even Tom Brady. Play the days next. When's the last time you started to seriously consider your dream? I mean, come on. You used to think about it all the time, right? What happened? I say it's time to dream again. Think about it. You could have the van life in a totally customized Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. Tour the world. Maybe you could uh, tour all 423 national park sites. Maybe build a mountain cabin with your dad. Start your own business. Whatever it is, every Sprinter is expertly engineered. And it's a blank canvas. It can be customized to whatever you want. It's a Mercedes-Benz van we're talking about. So expect innovative safety features, crosswind assist, blind spot assist, active brake assist. Expect amazing performance and reliability with that MBUX voice command system and a five-star dealer network and available gas engine. It's going to run like a dream. So what do you say? Head to Mercedes-Benz, the dealership near you, and get that Sprinter van. Take a test drive and tell them your dream sent you. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. along with my fellow pro bowler tj hushmanzada and super bowl champion yep that's right plexico burris you can only name a show with that type of talent on it up on game we're going to be sharing our real life experiences loaded with teachable moments listen to up on game with me lavar arrington tj hushmanzada and plexico burris on the iheart radio app apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from
4: Oh my god.
0: The play. The play is called of the day.
4: Lifts, got it! Gonna
0: play it and play it. This is the play of the day.
1: Check this out.
0: Toss comes to the near
1: side for Harris. The he runs through block a big hit. hole. And he's gone to the
0: 50. A burst to the 40. Alone to the 20. Damien Harris to the house. Touchdown. Patriots longest run by a Patriot since Cedric Shaw's 71-yard run against the Jets in 1998. That's courtesy of 98.5, the Sports Hub, the Patriots radio network. That's your play of the day. Play of the day is brought to you by Masterclass. Unlimited access to online classes from the world's best, like Gordon Ramsey teaching you how to cook, or Mariah Carey teaching you how to sing, Martin Scorsese teaching you how to direct a movie. You can do it all. You get one uh, Masterclass membership, you're going to get one free. Masterclass.com slash Patrick. Terms do apply. Thomas in Iowa joins us. Say, Tom, what's on your mind today? Hey, man, how you doing, man? Good, sir.
3: Hey, I just want to bring this up. This was such a a classic game. I would want to see it again. It was classic, defensive. It was scheme. But you know what, though? I don't think Bill Belichick would have ran the ball or would have passed the ball if it wasn't for that botch snap where where the Bills were able to score. And another point was the wide
0: right. That was such yeah. a classic Buffalo moment, man. That was such a classic Buffalo thing. Yeah, It was a good game. Yeah, I would love to see a game like that again. Thank you, Thomas. You know what's interesting with Belichick? I just had a friend uh, who works in the NFL who said, you know what Belichick is able to do is, Bill doesn't necessarily do what he does best. He wants to do what you don't do best. Like week to week. Almost, it's been quarter to quarter sometimes. He's changed philosophies. Rodney Harrison, who played with Bill and uh, won two Super Bowls, said that there'd be times when at the end of a quarter or at the half, they would change the philosophy. But it was not about, hey, Bill does this, try to stop me. It's this is what you don't do well. Because I don't think running the football, you go, boy, that's what the Patriots do. They run the, I mean, they don't have a great running back. They have good running backs. They have a good offensive line. But it's not like they have Jonathan Taylor. It's just, or Derrick Henry. They took advantage of, you know, Buffalo to me is built to compete against Kansas City. What happens is when you see the team you're supposed to beat, the team that's winning, the style they play, now you try to counteract that. And I think a lot of teams in the AFC were trying to be like the Kansas City Chiefs or to be able to, you know, defend the Kansas City Chiefs. Same with Tampa. You know, you're going to try. You know, I go back to the greatest show on turf with the St. Louis Rams. Everybody was trying to copy the Rams. And you didn't have Kurt Warner. You didn't have a couple of Hall of Fame wide receivers. You didn't have a Hall of Fame running back. But they were trying to emulate that. And then what does Belichick do against the greatest show on turf? He, he, takes, he has the physicality there. You were a finesse team, and he was going to take that finesse away from you. This is what you don't do well when people body you. Against the Colts and Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison, it was about being physical with them, bodying them. And that's what happened last night. Patriots were more physical than the Buffalo Bills. And that's what they've been doing. It's not pretty. I mean, at times it's pretty boring, but it is conservative in it's smart football for Bill Belichick. This is just who he is. We have an I-team. We're looking for updates here. We can't find... We do know that the case that has the Heisman in it was shipped to the College Football Hall of Fame in Las Vegas. By the way, Las Vegas the greatest arena on Earth, but the it was shipped in, a, in a, an incredible suitcase of sorts. It's a Heisman suitcase. Well, we put the key on the outside in an envelope, and that's how we got it from Carson Palmer. So we thought, okay, we'll just return the favor. Now, I didn't see the final shipping. I did see when the suitcase was closed. The Heisman was in there. Fritzy did oversee the key being put in an envelope.
2: Hmm. That that would be kind of exaggerating the uh, Were you responsible. My
0: were you responsible?
2: I was responsible for delegating the, the Heisman Trophy to be shipped back to the to Carson and the Consumer. So
0: people under you?
2: I wouldn't say under me. They were, we're all colleagues, but I did not physically Are you ship an
0: executive it. producer?
2: I'm the booker, and then whatever else you guys want to call me.
0: All of a sudden, it's convenient not to call me the booker. Okay, now it's convenient to not be an executive <laughs> exactly.
2: producer. Exactly. The title changes no. based on uh, well, that, how things uh, that play Well, that affects up.
0: your pay grade. I guess oh, it does. Yeah. You just demoted yourself. I really did,
2: just to avoid you know, taking the blame for where Carson Palmer's um, key is.
0: What is the uh, iTeam update point?
1: So, Dan, I got a hold of a person at a um, shipping company. I can't give out the name or... And I asked, I told him the situation, this person who is an expert in shipping said, quote, taping anything to the outside of a package is a risk. I would advise sending the key separately so you could track the key, which is so obvious that it might not even be on our shipping (laughs) policy pages. (laughs) I went to a major uh, shipping. (laughs) That's an actual quote. Damn. Which is so obvious. That one
0: burns. That one hurts a little bit.
1: I went to a a big time shipping place. It it rhymes with red Bex. Um, Shipping a transit case can be effectively protect computers and it doesn't tell you to not stick the key on the side so it's not laid I, out
0: for you I, now i did not know that the key was on the outside i would have suggested that we send it separately and then you can have somebody sign for the key
1: you ever see those um brinks trucks that carry money down the street yeah delivered to them? they rarely tape the key to the side of the outside of the truck when they park it i'm just saying that's an example of something. okay
0: jesse in los angeles hi jess Good morning, Jen. Hey.
3: Good morning, gents. Um, yesterday's late breaking news on the Heisman was huge. Um, but here's three things I kept thinking about that might lighten the situation uh, with the developing news. Number one, with all this going on, how great would it be to have Keith Morrison do the summary of the findings into this investigation when oh, it's all said and done? I Number like two, the thought of some FedEx employee, op- as Seton said, opening the Heisman case, seeing what was inside. And doing some Indiana jones S 40-pound bag sand switcheroo and getting away with it is pretty funny to me. And thought number three, with McLevin leaving, and the guilty party in this is obviously going to get canned, um that's two openings and this would be like if cincinnati and alabama both lost this past weekend and i'm notre dame i'm on deck i gotta be up for one of these positions i'll move to connecticut i'll get the bmi of the staff up i'll help the other guys fill their sleeves and nothing egregious has happened will happen again but one more thing my mclovin memory of the day i'm gonna do it every time i call in until he leaves stealing food off that lady's plate of the seven seas
0: well thank you jesse it makes me cringe whenever I see that video where we had McLovin act as if he was a server at the restaurant. And, and uh, he went up and, and just says, yeah, how, how's your meal? And grabs a French fry and dips it <laughs> in the ketchup. Oh, my God. What's that? What a jerk. I know. <laughs> All right. One hour in the books. Two more to go. Kirk Herbstreet will join us a little bit later on. More phone calls as well. Maybe we'll track down Carson Palmer's Heisman Key. Maybe. One more right and we close out hour one. It's been almost four years since we started the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting, full sale university in Orlando. So many great things about the school's approach to education, hands on experience. We have over 400 active students, 100 graduates. We have graduates who are working in the business. We got uh, Chris Burns and Carly Ford. They are on-air reporters. Taylor Schaub, sports director at a station in California. Sam Guzman is a producer at a station in Texas. So many more great stories. And you can be one of those stories. If you or anyone you know is looking to get into this field, give our school a look. And in about half the time, you earn your bachelor's degree in sportscasting. You can earn your degree online or on campus, Full sales campus in Orlando, Florida. Hands-on experience, great faculty with a lot of experience in this world, in this business. To learn more about the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting, go to fullsale.edu/ slash danpatrick.